Hi! And welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we are doing something a little bit different. Um, We're drinking tea this week. We are. We're having something called Witch's Forest, uh, which comes from the Hebridean Tea Store in Stornoway. Yes. Uh, um, they have a website. You can buy your own. Yeah, it's very good. Um, I've been in the actual store a couple of times, and I have ordered online from them a couple of times as well, because I have several favorites that come from there but yeah as i said this one is called witch's forest um what i'll do is i'll post a link to it on the twitter brilliant um i think it's just hebrideanteastore.co.uk maybe i think i think probably. so probably yes but yeah check check our twitter if you want like to double check that you can also google it i'm sure it'll come up they've got some new teas in just now so Ooh, i'll be checking those out just in time for christmas tea total this friday uh, we'll be back on the booze next week. Let me just pour my tea. But yeah, and then take a sip. Oh, oh it's so good. It's really good. I really like this one. I literally bought it because it was called Witch's Forest. Yeah, that's why I bought it too. <laughs> it's the same reason they have another tea called the uh, Elvish Elixir. Again, just bought that because of the name. It also smells amazing and tastes it's, amazing. It smells great. It tastes great. But Witch's Forest is good. It's, it's good. Yeah. I like it because it's not overpowering. It's just... It's a delicate sweetness. It's like, mmm. Uh, you could drink a lot of it and not feel sick. Yeah. Which you get with like a lot of fruity teas and weird mm. teas like that. You, you go like, oh, I've had one cup. I'm like... Bleh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, This week's topic is music. Music. Which is kind of a broad topic. Yeah. I feel like everybody uh has music that they like. Music is like the universal language, in my opinion. That's what people say, so it must be true. I read it on the internet once. Well, yeah, if it, if people say it, it's true. Yeah, fact. That's how facts are made. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, don't um, say that. Don't say that. Not in this current age of misinformation. <laughs> um, I read it, so it must be true. So I guess like my, my first sort of question to you, Claire, would be... Mm-hmm. In the, the realm of listening to music. Yeah. How do you listen to music? Um, these days, <laughs> oh God, right now is a really interesting time to ask me that. I'm not at work right now because I have a baby, so I'm on maternity leave. I'm not going back to work for another six months. So, um, a lot of the music I listen to right now is what will calm the baby down because mm-hmm. the baby loves music. Um, so right now I listen to a lot of K-pop because the baby loves K-pop. Um, I listen to, uh, Chilled Cow on YouTube, like the live oh, yeah, yeah. lo-fi beats because the baby loves that. And then random songs, like, uh, the one that really bothers me that the baby really likes is, uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> So I have this, I, I get Rickrolled every day by my own baby because it's on all day long. Oh, um, brilliant. He also loves uh, Eurythmics. He's mm. obsessed with Annie Lennox. Weirdly, I put this on my Twitter the other day uh, at brave underscore burp if anyone wants to follow. No, the baby loves Annie Lennox. So at first I was like, oh, we'll put the Sweet Dreams music video on because he seems to like stuff with a strong beat. So, you know, Eurythmics has a strong beat and it's also very nostalgic for me because my parents listen to Eurythmics quite a lot. Uh-huh. Um, 
so I put the music video for Sweet Dreams on and he was mesmerized by it, loved the song. And I was like, great, you know, this isn't going to annoy me because I've heard the song a million times and I still think it's great. But he just kept smiling at Annie Lennox in the music video. And then I was just showing him a picture of Annie Lennox because I wanted to see if it was her or the music. But I showed him a picture of Annie Lennox and he just grinned at her and laughed. So I think he just likes Annie Lennox. Uh, But yeah, so in terms of how I listen to music right now, it's I stick like random YouTube playlists on or I Google stuff or not Google, but I search on YouTube for things I think he might like due to strong beat like he loves blue dabba dee dabba die for example so there's a lot of stuff that i personally wouldn't listen to but he enjoys Uh uh-huh so that's how i listen to music right now or i put on my own youtube playlists on uh while i am doing art because i draw quite a lot digitally um and that's basically the only times i listen to music now other than that like if you know before i had the baby and when I was at work and stuff, obviously I listened uh, to Spotify or I think I had Amazon Music for a little while, but I didn't really rate that. Uh, so I'd listen to that on my commute and then I would listen to music while I worked too because my, my office is quite good that way. Like I'm allowed to listen to music. A lot of offices don't allow that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be like YouTube playlists again. Obviously I don't have a commute anymore. Even if I didn't have a baby, I wouldn't have a commute because covid um but yeah it's annoying because i used to listen to it in a far more uh leisurely way if that makes sense mm-hmm. um when i was younger i just used to stick a cd on you know back when cds were a thing i mean they still are but who really listens to cds i don't have a cd player like a dedicated oh this is a cd player in the house <laughs> but i kind of miss that because when i was younger when i when i still live with my parents I used to burn CDs to play on my CD player in my room all the time. So I used to have these mixtapes and I still have them, which is great because I can listen to what I liked when I was young. Um, Most of it's trash. (laughs) Most of it's like, why did I like this? This is stupid. But yeah. Uh, What about you, Kelm? The thing is, I don't really listen to that much music, which is is weird. Or, you know, I, I would expect that to seem weird. Um... For the most part, when I'm listening to music, it's I'm listening to music that I'm supposed to learn. Mm. Um, the life of a musician. The life of a musician, yeah. Um, so if I'm listening to music for that, I'm either sat at my desk and I've got my headphones on and I sit and I just like listen through to the song and try and just pick out the parts that I need to be able to, to learn. Um, or I've got it on in the car. Other than that, now this this changed recently because um, a uh, singer-songwriter from Chicago called Brian McGrath. Uh, everyone should actually go and listen to Brian McGrath's music. He's got a new album coming out. Uh, and he sent me a copy of it. Oh, by the time this episode goes out, um, it'll already be out. Um, so go listen to it. It's called, I think it's called Tea Weaves. And it's really good. And it's the first time in ages where I've sat down. And I, I sat down, uh, I got my headphones, got a really long cable for my headphones, sat in my bed with the, the lights off and just listened through to the whole album start to finish. Um, firstly, it's really good. Uh, and secondly, I think, I guess the way I listen to music is I like to shut off everything else around me and actually just listen to music. Like, but it's the same when, you know, we were, we dad would, you know, sit down and stick a record on. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the it would be 
dark inside there'd be like a fire on or whatever and that would always be like the record goes mm. on at that time um, um so I, I think i prefer to listen to find the time to listen to a full like album start to finish yeah, than yeah. i do um listening to songs which is weird because obviously when i was growing up um it was just my my ipod was just always on shuffle and i was always listening to music just constantly yeah on my on my commute that's basically the way that i do it like I got a job before, like, my first full-time job that I had to commute to. I got that before um, music on phones was a thing. Like, you didn't use your phones for music unless you had one of those. I think it was mm. a Sony Ericsson thing that had it. But, yeah, smartphones were only just coming out when I got my first real full-time job. Um, So I had an iPod Nanochromatic. It was, like, bright purple, and I loved it. Um, So back then, it was all just iTunes. And I would just import all my CDs onto iTunes and listen to it that way. And mm-hmm. I kind of miss that. Like, the problem with Spotify on Shuffle is that, obviously, like, a lot of the time you can listen to new stuff that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm very much, like, I just want to listen to the stuff that I choose to do that. It's fine if you went, oh, I want to discover new stuff, right? Yeah, and I will say, like, Spotify's, like, daily discover and weekly discover stuff, um, that what whoever their robots are, they do a great job because some of the music that I've just discovered from like listening to that has actually been really quite good. Um, not not that I'm the biggest fan of Spotify, but as a consumer, I really like Spotify. Oh yeah, yeah. As a consumer, it's great, but like obviously, if you're somebody that's recording music and putting it up and out into the world, Spotify's not great. It's not an, a great yeah. platform for artists. But yeah, what I miss is uh just dedicating time to re- I'm going to listen to music tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't do that so much anymore. Obviously, I have a busy life and stuff and I've got other things. But I think especially when you become a parent, it's like you don't get that much time to do your things, like your hobbies. Uh, and I like to draw art and I like to play video games and I like to record podcasts. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you know, your time your time dwindles. So music has become, for me, something that I do while I'm doing something else, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's fine. Like, I still listen to music. Uh, I actually recently put up a Facebook thread, like, on, like, a post on Facebook asking for recommendations for new stuff. Because I feel like I just listen to the same things over and over again. And I got some really interesting answers on that. Which made me really happy because, uh, like, I, I'm not one of those people that goes, I listen to anything. Because I won't listen to anything. But I like a good variety. Like, I, I like what I want to listen to varies depending on how i feel mm-hmm. um and sometimes i'm in the mood for like black death metal like super heavy like screechy scary music uh and then other times i just want to listen to classical or video game soundtrack or uh, i even like a lot of rap uh kendrick lamar is great childish gambino is great um but yeah the only time recently that i would say oh i have sat down with the intention of listening to music is if I have people over, which I don't because of COVID, but when I did before COVID, uh, if if I had a big gathering in my house, one thing that's a great thing to do, and it's another reason why YouTube's great for music, is uh, those playlists where everyone connects their phone mm. and adds to it, adds something that they want to listen to, uh, and you end up with this really, really eclectic mix of tastes and styles and genre. Um, and recently, Stuart and I just randomly um you know without going oh let's do this we both were using youtube on the tv 
uh, and we just started listening to random songs from the 90s like nostalgic stuff oh i remember this song or remember that song um and we ended up doing that all night and it was great just so good um but i love that too i think that's again something that music is great for is sharing with other people Mm -hmm. and it's why i miss gigs i wasn't like a big gig goer but i think there's something amazing and magical about a whole bunch of people being in a room and all feeling the music at once it's just great i find that like music especially listening to music is one of those few things in the in the universe that is a personal shared experience yeah 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 everyone everyone feels it on a personal level but you're also experiencing it with another person who's probably experiencing it completely different to you but you're experiencing the same thing at the same time yeah it's it's really it's it's weird but it's it's music is weird though like think about it it's like just vibrations really ultimately but it makes you feel stuff. It's all just vibrations, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, music means something, right? But it doesn't need words to convey what it means. Obviously, you have songs, right? And they have lyrics. But a lot of that's open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, and even music without lyrics means stuff to some people. It makes them think of things or feel things or remember things or imagine stuff. Um, because obviously, like this ties into for example dungeons and dragons we talked about tabletop role-playing games before but you know i i dm now um, and when i'm writing stuff for my campaign i will stick on music that fits the mood of what i want to present to those people Uh um so actually like you can utilize music in your campaign too uh, I haven't actually, I've been in two different campaigns and a one shot that used music, but I don't use music yet. <laughs> like I haven't quite got <laughs> to that stage. I will soon. Uh, that is the plan, but I don't know. There's a lot of working up to that, mm. but but I just love how, as you're saying, music is a shared experience uh, and it's incredible what you can do with music, what you can convey with music. Uh, that's why movies have music in you know mm-hmm. uh, and they're an integral and important part of movies absence of music even has a meaning in a movie like just great i used to i used to love um going onto youtube and watching like scenes with the music taken out oh so weird it's so bizarre um the 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 my favorite is at the end of a new hope Ooh, is it the one where they're getting the medals they're getting the medals there and it's got that it's just silent the whole thing is silent and it's it feels awful it feel you're like uh stop it but it's like i think horror films a lot of horror films that are out there in the world today wouldn't be the same without their Mm. soundtracks and i don't mean that in a oh well obviously they wouldn't be the same but um I think a lot of tension is there because of the music. Like, it helps you feel like something bad's about to happen, you know? Yeah. And especially, you get you also get the... Um, again, as you said, with the absence of music, you've got, like, the... And you've got that, like, silence. You're like, ah. Uh-huh. And then the jump scare doesn't happen, and you're like, I don't like it. Just give me the jump scare and <laughs> let me be scared for that one second as opposed to three hours later. <laughs> Uh, video games is another one like for that that side of things but in the vein of horror and stuff like video games like that brings you right in that ambience is built 
with the mm. soundtrack. Some of my favorite soundtracks in general are from video games. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I listen to uh, see when I'm doing art a lot of the time, or when I'm at work. Because see if I'm trying to read emails at work, or if I'm trying to do like type an email, or I'm trying to focus really hard on something. I do a lot of maths in my job, and I'm bad at maths. <laughs> generally i can do it it's just i need to focus really really hard to do maths and get it right because obviously it's my job so i gotta do a good job um uh-huh. i can't listen to music with words in and i can't listen to podcasts at work because i end up listening to what people are singing about or saying so i have to listen to music with no lyrics and video game soundtracks are brilliant for that so i listen to the mass effect soundtrack tons Tons and tons and tons when I'm drawing, when I'm working. Uh, just like Mass Effect 3 has some of the most incredible music in it. Um, like A Future for the Krogan is a beautiful piece of music. Sadly, I don't think Dragon Age did as well in the soundtrack department. And Dragon Age is like one of my favorite games ever. Maybe I just like sci-fi soundtracks. Because I was about to say, like, I also think the Halo soundtrack is fantastic. The th- Halo soundtrack is great. Like it's one of the few things that i actually know and care about halo <laughs> is its soundtrack i love halo i do what about i had an end to that <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's fine my brain went oh wait no what okay um continue what about uh making music callum making music first of all i really enjoy making music you've been making music since you were a kid callum Yes. Like, I think it's just an intrinsic part of who you are. Uh, I don't think you would function if you couldn't make music. Uh, it's it's one of those things where, you know, everyone has their creative outlet. And that's definitely one of them. Um, but I have found, uh, which is really weird. It's probably not really weird. It's probably normal, but I think it's really weird. Um, way back, I say way back, five years ago or whatever. Um, I was working in supermarkets and stuff. And I was allowed to listen to music and things i'd listen to music but i'd have the music at such a low volume that i wasn't actually listening to the music and i was thinking about other things that i would like do i'd be like okay i'm gonna write this and it'll sound like this whatever um and that'd be great and i would be like thinking creatively all the time throughout the work because you're doing such mundane stuff you're putting beans on shelves there's only so many times you can put a bean on a shelf and go ah or a can of beans and it's not bean on it. <laughs> just one bean opening the tin of beans and just placing the beans on the shelf. Like, <laughs> excuse me, sir. I wish to purchase a singular bean. And <laughs> you're there, oh bean stacker. It is I, the bean stacker. <laughs> <laughs> that is a glimpse There's of our only... true selves, like right there. <laughs> oh man, like four people have just stopped listening. Um, <laughs> Which is weird because only three started. Um, yeah, there's only so many cans of beans you can put on a shelf before you, your brain starts to wander. Oh, yeah, like you for don't sure. go, oh, look at this can of beans. I'm going to read the labels as I put them on. No one's doing that. How many E numbers? Yeah. But yeah, your, your brain starts to wander and you start that creativity kicks in when your, mm. your brain is idle and stuff. By the time I would get home, I'd be like, right, well, I'll get home. I'll, I'll go to sleep. I'll get up and I'll. I'll record something and I'll do something. That'd be great. By the time I get home, go to bed, get up. The last thing I want to do is actually be creative. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Your entire day being creative, doing all that that creative mental work and 
stuff and wanting to do that right now like go grab the guitar grab the saxophone or whatever and play it's it. the worst as soon as you're back you're like no nah, i'm done i've spent my creative can't be bothered that's it whereas now my because my job involves being aware and on it all the time my brain doesn't wander as much so when i'm home i'm like right okay and then my brain will just start going into the creativity mode by itself I'm like ah, oh, cool right now I'll, I'll sit down and i'll record something mm. um I find the only time at work I get flashes of inspiration like that is if I'm on the phone to somebody or I'm on like a training thing, like one of those online training things. One thing that I do is if I'm on the phone to someone for any length of time, I doodle and it's weird because I don't think about what I'm putting on that page. I'm mm -hmm. listening to what the person's saying, uh, but as I do so, I am drawing like things on my notepad and a lot of the time... I like what I've done there or I go oh my god that's actually a great idea thank you subconscious um and I'll take that home and put it in a notebook and then forget about it <laughs> and then maybe like three years later I'll find it again and be like I'm gonna draw that you know um so a lot a lot of my creative ideas come from that but I know exactly what you mean mm -hmm. about um because I used to happen to me on the commute all the time as I'd get an idea for writing like a song lyric or something and I just wouldn't do it and then I'd forget what it was later because I'd spent so long thinking about it on the train and then I have a brain like a sieve so I need to write everything down. But then the other problem I have mm -hmm. is that if I write something down half the time I forget to provide context for what I've written down and as I said, brain like <laughs> a sieve. So I look at this note and I'm like, hmm, flying toilets in the sky, what does that mean, you know? Flying toilets in the sky. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but it's just, I hate when creativity strikes you when you can't do anything about it because it feels like such a waste. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I spend so long desiring ideas and inspiration. Yeah, the amount of, like, voice recordings on my phone that are taken at, like, four in the morning mm -hmm. when you wake up going... Uh, I've just written the best song in the world. And then you listen back to it and it's like, I saw it sleeping in the dark. <laughs> and it's like, Amazing. as if, like, thinking at the time, this will make perfect sense to me in four hours. It's fine. And you listen back, you're like, what? what is that? My absolute favorite thing that has ever happened when you stayed in this house overnight was that I got up one morning and on the piano was a sheet of paper with like a bunch of letters written on it. I was like, what the, what is this? Like, I didn't write this. Where did this come from? You came downstairs, you were like, oh, that's like a chord progression I came up with at 2 a.m. Like, what? I did. I woke up and I was like, oh, I, I still remember the chord, but it was like, it's in D minor. It was just like a, a um, kind of going down chromatically sort of thing, but, um, the chords were going down chromatically and then it went into a progression of some kind. And um, I, I woke up at 2am with this in my mind and I ran downstairs so I could visually map it with my brain quietly and wrote it on a piece of paper and put it there so I would remember. Oh. Oh. But it is, it's one of these things, creativity just like attacks you at the wrong time. Oh yeah, the wrong time every time. It was like... Um, it, the prime example is sitting down and writing some of the intros for this podcast. I will sit down and go, right, I am going to spend this set of hours on writing this piece. 
And I'll sit there and go, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> and then you sit there and you, you like, you, you maybe plug a keyboard in and go, okay, I'll just play some chords and see if anything lands. And nothing's landing. And you're like, all right, I'll grab the guitar. I'll do something else. I'll put it in a random tuning. That'll inspire me. No, nothing. And then you'll be like in the shower late for work or whatever. And you go, I have it. I've got it. But you can't do anything about it. It's the worst. No, um, it's the worst. I'm musically, I can read music, not the best at reading music. I can read music. Um, Your sight reading's better than mine, but we don't talk about it. Yeah, but like I think. I think we brought it up in the podcast before. Yeah, <laughs> you are. You, you're not as good at reading music as me, but you're better at making music than me and playing instruments than me. But I think that's just down to practice. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I not that not I that I'm saying with... you're not talented because you are far more talented than me in this department. Like, no, but like the the the, the hours make much more of a difference than somebody's like um, natural ear or ability. Um, That's talent, actually true. Because um... Um, I, I was talking to my to my friend uh, Al about this uh, a while back. And we're we're just talking about, you know, people who are super duper talented and it's disgusting and stuff. And I was sitting there going, I mean, yeah, this person's really talented, but they've also put in thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours to get to that point as well. And it's one of these things and he was he was trying to I can't remember who who we were comparing, but it was, you know, he was comparing himself who's, you know, done a bit of music from like starting around high school, so maybe age thirteen. Uh, he was like, he, he's what my age now, twenty five, and he's comparing himself to, you know, these people who are like thirty to forty years old. So they've got obviously got that on top of them, and a lot of these people started way younger than he started. Mm. And you're like, they've put the effort in. Yeah, you get in what you, or you get out what you put in. That's what I mean to say. But um, it's like. You know, as I said in a previous podcast, I have been told that I am a talented singer. I can sing in tune. I've never really had to put tons of effort into that. Like, mm-hmm. I just know when I'm singing in tune and when I'm not. Um, I also have natural vibrato and a bunch of other really great stuff, right? But I'm not the best singer that I could be. And there are thousands of people out there who started off you know, maybe not being able to sing in tune as well as me or not having the same vibrato as me, who are better singers than me because they trained harder and they put in the effort and, you know, they do it every single day. Um, Like, I've lost a bunch of my range because I don't sing every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, practice enough. I'm sure I could, like, go back to being as good as I maybe was when I was younger now, but it would just be, like dedication and effort and that that's 90 percent of what it is you know mm-hmm. um i'm you know like i i can play a little bit of piano i can play a little bit of guitar um but i wouldn't say i'm good at either of those things <laughs> um i i pick up the guitar every now and then i tinker away on the piano every so often but i'm not like sad that i'm not good at it because i know that i could be good at it if i tried and I think that's the case for pretty much everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same with art, you know. It's it's um because I I as I said I doodle and work. I I'm not a great artist by any means. Like I doodle for fun. 
Um, and, you know, I'm better than drawing stick figures. Yeah, which is what I do. But people... Um... <laughs> People in my office are always like, oh my God, you're so good at art. Draw me. And I wish I could draw. And I'm always just like... That's the best one. Draw me. Oh yeah, but that happens like Love all it. the time. Um, and I'm not even like I... a good artist. I don't put my art out there that much, you know. Uh, but I think the thing that gets me is that I'm only good at drawing now. I say good, good in inverted commas. I'm not that good. Uh, but I'm only like okay at art now because... I've been taking scraps of paper and doodling on them since I was like two, you know, every mm -hmm. single day of my life. Like I draw something every single day of my life. Um, and you only get better through practice and hard work. You're never just going to be good at something straight away. Um, yeah, natural talent is, is a great thing to have, but it's not the be all and end all. Definitely not. Plus, if you don't put and the work in, wasted. how do you know you don't have the talent? Well, that's it. Uh, I think a lot of people... Um, probably don't try because they don't think they can. Mm. I mean, I'm guilty of that and too. And then I'm I'm super guilty of it. If I don't get something instantly, I hate it. I I really hate it. And I'm like, ah, blah, blah. Prime example is the flute. I'm trying to learn the flute. You get there. First of all, I will get there. Um, because I'm trying. The flute's really hard, and it's really frustrating because I can't do it right now. <laughs> Um, no, my, my eldest uh, child is like that. He um, He's incredibly, like, he learned to read without anybody teaching him. Um, he's very, very good with words. He mm -hmm. he understands maths. But see, when he's in school and he, he they tell him to do something and he doesn't understand it straight away or he isn't immediately good at it, he gives up. He's just like, no. <laughs> like... I can read and I can do this and I, I had no issue with that. So why can't I do this thing? You know, I should be able to do all these things. And I'm like, yeah, you are able to do all those things. You just have to learn how to do it first. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, oh, it was like I was giving him guitar lessons. Oh, yeah. And uh, he would just get like frustrated in like three minutes. Really upset because he couldn't you know, do it. Show him something. He couldn't do it. While while actually doing it, oh right? no, it's so Which funny, the, so, it's so funny. funny, and I think it makes it worse when you find it really funny. Um, yeah, so he'd get really frustrated and annoyed that he can't do the thing that he is currently doing correctly. Yeah, but he's not and as it, good at I, it, it was, as you, and it's really hard. Yeah, and, and it's like, well, like, oh well, yeah, you can do it like that, and it's, and I get it. It is frustrating and it's really annoying, especially like instruments or, um. Or any any new skill is just an absolute nightmare to... It's really frustrating at first mm. to, to get it if you don't get it straight away. Um, you know, some people click with some things quicker than other people. Yeah, natural aptitudes and stuff. Yeah, um, but I don't think that that makes you any better than anyone else who, who does it just because you can pick well, it up. Well, we had this conversation with Elena because, um, you know, we were talking... Excuse me. We were talking about singing. Um... And my true belief is that anybody can learn to sing um, mm -hmm. in tune, in key, you know, learn how to breathe properly, all of that stuff, and sound all right. But the one thing you can't do with your voice is uh, make it sound the way exactly that you want it to. Because I, as I said, I can sing, right? But I can't sing the way I want to be able to sing. Like, I want a mm. deep, like, you know... 
uh, I say deep, I, like, I mean, like, deep for a lady voice. Like, a gravelly, like, heavy-toned voice. And I have a really light, like, way up high voice. Um, which is good. Like, I like to sing. I enjoy singing with it. It's just, I don't sound the way I want. <laughs> and I'll yeah, never be able to sing that way because it's just, these are the vocal cords that I was given. And uh, that's what I've got to work yeah. with. This is the shape of my face. I mean, this yeah, there's nothing. Not you can much do about you it. can do about it. Um, um, what about like? I know I said that I like a lot of different things, but what kind of music do you listen to most often? And who are your favorite artists? Right here we go. Okay, excluding stuff that I have to learn because that is what I listen to most often. Yeah, for the most part, that would be 80s cheese is what I listen to because I have to. I listen to that um, for fun. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love 80s cheese. It's so good. But for pleasure, I listen to... Oh, man, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Lo-fi hip-hop beats to study to. <laughs> to be fair, that's good. That's Mostly because a lot of it is some, some really cool jazz chords in there. And you can really kind of go, oh, yeah, I like that chord. Oh, I like that chord. Ooh, spicy. Spicy. Um, spicy. Uh, as I said earlier, Brian McGrath. And that's that's really kind of singer songwritery Americana folkiness. Um, quite hard to... Ooh, excuse me. Uh, quite hard to describe, but uh, definitely one of my favorite artists, Brian McGrath. Because um, he's a cool guy. Um, and his music's good. Other than that, I think really kind of this... There's this... Um, this band called the Aristocrats, uh, and it's it's led by it's a three piece band led by um, Guthrie Govan, who is an incredible guitarist. And it's this kind of weird mishmash of kind of shreddy jazz, rock, funk nonsense. Um, it's all instrumental, and it's just whoa! <laughs> it's really good. the t The timings are weird. Um, there's some real funky chords. There's some weird like. Like the songs flow really weird, and some of them are really janky, and um, but it's all janky together, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you'll have like one section that's like super smooth, like do 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 do, and then it will just like switch super like quickly to something completely different, and then switch back and switch, um, between these things. In on its own doesn't work, but because you're switching back and forth between something, the it, the repetition kind of pulls you back in and then it goes off and does other mm. weird and wonderful things if anyone has any sort of interest in in weird jazz stuff without going into doing listening to weird jazz stuff and um, the aristocrats and anything guthrie govan's been a uh, fantastic guitarist fantastic guitarist um, <laughs> and guitar music i listen to a lot of guitar music eduardo niebla he is a gypsy um Kind of gypsy jazz guitarist, definitely. I sense a really theme good. here, Catlin. Guitarist. And jazz. Jazz. <laughs> this is the thing, right? I like I like jazz, but I don't actually like jazz that much. Mm. I like a lot of jazz elements, but the more I kind of think about it and the more I actively like look at it, like if you think of like standard jazz people's things that people like jazz people love listening to. Yeah. Um, I'm not super into. I mean, I do. I, I love Coltrane and you know Miles Davis and all that. It's really good, mm. but it, it's not my like end all and be all like of music. You know, 
Yeah. Like, Giant Steps is okay as far as I'm concerned. Jazz haters, come get me. <laughs> no, wait. Jazz lovers, come get me. You know, crucify me for saying Giant Steps is okay. Um, but still. I like Giant Steps. But um, I only listen to that when I am drunk on whiskey in my house <laughs> with other people. <laughs> That's the opposite of what I would listen to on whiskey. Really? I love I jazz would, and whiskey. Um, jazz and whiskey is like, mm. nah, see, I would, I would listen to, I would listen to like Miles Davis's like kind of blue album. I think. Mm. Um, that's actually that is what I did. We, me, me, and my mates we had like a poker night with whiskey. That was what we listened to on repeat because we got real, real yeah. hammered, real fast. Because whiskey. Um, but something like Giant Steps, I would probably listen to like before going out on a mad party. <laughs> I like listening um, to that when i'm whiskey nah um like for me music wise i think 90s rock <laughs> like if if i were to go right what do i listen to most and i looked through everything that i listen to most is like um cake and more recently like the mountain goats uh oh i love the mountain goats um but cake cake is great cake's like my go-to 90s rock band um, they did this cover of the, this is how I found them actually because um, I wasn't really into that style of rock when I was younger um, mm-hmm. but there's a film called Survive Style 5 which is a Japanese weird film uh, and it has uh, is it Vinny Jones it has in it is that his name? Yeah I'm pretty sure yeah it has Vinny Jones in it you know like the the hard the hard man like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in it, and he goes around going, "What is your purpose in life?" Um, it's a very strange film. At the end of it, a man turns into a bird, but he's still a man. A man bird. Yeah. At the very end of Survive Style Five, there is a cover of "I Will Survive" by Cake, and it is okay. So good. Like I love "I Will Survive." I love "I Will Survive" by Gloria Gaynor. It is just a classic everybody knows that song because it's good um but and it isn't a song that i would instantly go oh that fits with their style but it fits so seamlessly into the album um Mm. that it's just great it's just fantastic um i I think the weirdest thing about them is that they have trumpets and stuff (laughs) like it's a rock band with trumpets but yeah, like they've been going since 1991, uh, and I only found out about them when I was in my twenties. Um, as I said, I like the the Mountain Goats. Um, I like the Offspring. Um, they're a bit more mm. cheesy, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like just American rock music from the 90s. It's so boring and so normal, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but at the same time, you know. As I said, I like to listen to like Kendrick Lamar and Childish Gambino. Um, I like a bit of Bjork. Um, I really like mm-hmm. poppy stuff, like her new I stuff. I got I got into. Um, I haven't listened to uh, much of her, her newer stuff just now, but like there was I went through like a wee period of binging all of. Well, first of all, all of Poppy's YouTube. Videos. <laughs> oh, she's so weird. It's great. I I got very absorbed. Um, but uh, I recommend. Uh, I disagree. That is a great album. I have that on vinyl. I love it. So good. 
I'm trying to think what else I listen to. I think, see, when somebody asks you what you listen to, in that moment, you're just like, ah. Uh, I don't know what, what I listen to. What do I listen to? Um, to? I'll tell you what I do listen to a lot of, actually. Um, and I'm probably a very late on the track. I've been listening to a lot of Tool. Oh, yeah, Tool. Tool's good. And... Oh, I just remembered when you sing Tool, but continue. Oh, no, no, just saying, again, it's like just really attractive. First of all, his voice mm-hmm. is phenomenal um i kind of liked tool before i was like you know kind of indifferent towards tool and then i watched i think it was um them playing sober at a festival and he's standing on the stage he's hunched over forward his shoulders slumped forward you know not not great singing position you know core compressed leaning over looking like he's you know um withdrawing from like uh, whatever substances <laughs> but then he starts singing you're like wait how can you sing in that position yeah where are you getting the power from uh and it's it's phenomenal it's phenomenal and that put me back on it and then uh watching danny carey's drumming is oh oh that that man can drum nine inch nails nine inch nails nine inch have nails. been like a huge part of my music listening for as long as I can remember. Like, obviously, everybody likes the Downward Spiral. I pretty much just like everything Nine Inch Nails make. Um, mm. Because they're so... There's such an atmosphere. Um, and Trent Reznor's voice is so good at conveying the emotion. I loved, when I was a teenager, I really loved Iron Maiden. Which is so stereotypical. Like... Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to you, and you can tell me if you believe this is true, because this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Iron Maiden songs are all the same songs. Pretty much. <laughs> but they have a few. There is like one or two on each album that are just like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> and then the rest of them are all the same song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I still love listening to them. Um, oh, me too. Uh, I, I really love, uh, is it Fear of the Dark? I think Fear of the Dark's one of those songs where the lyrics, if you just look at them, you just go, what, really? <laughs> because it's just about being afraid of the dark um but i love that song i love the whole structure and sound of that song um and it's one of the ones i always go back to i think it it, that kind of um enforces the or not enforces but kind of proves the point that you know lyrically it doesn't matter what the words actually are as long as they sound good as long as it sounds good (laughs) As long as your ears go, that mm. sounds good. It doesn't really matter. You know, there are exceptions, obviously, but the majority of songs have pretty bad yeah. lyrics. Um, Britney. Like, if we're if we're talking about, like, cheesy, cheesy rock, because a lot of stuff that I like that's cheesy rock, I know a lot of people, but that's not cheesy. It's more metal than rock as well. But, like, uh, I love Cradle of Filth. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just because, and I say cheesy because it's just, like, they're so over the top. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's difficult for me because I'm just like, oh, so many bands, which one do I say? Uh, again, going um, back to my youth, and very, well, it was my youth. Um, I loved My Chemical Romance for a little while and I still go back and I still listen. Um, I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about uh, My Chemical Romance, whether positive or negative, but I do like them. Panic at the Disco, but that's because uh, Brendan Urie's just like 
Oh, what a voice. Yeah. The only other singer I know who I, I do that with is uh, Freddie Mercury. Because Freddie Mercury had yeah. stupidly good voice. Like... It's not fair. No, it isn't. But but think it's about... It's actually not fair. You know what we were talking about before? Think about the hours and hours of work it takes to get that good. Like, that's commitment and talent. Yeah. That's, um, that's when you know you've got, like... It rarely comes about. It's very few people in the universe that happens. Maybe once or twice per generation. And it's the person who has the most talent and puts the most effort in. Mm-hmm. And they have the, both... both. If you have, like, the, the, the two little sliders and they've both maxed out the sliders, that's... Yeah, because it's like, like oh, my Freddie God. Mercury's voice. Um, Your voice sounds amazing. Like, you, you have been blessed with something that sounds like liquid gold and you have trained enough to be able to use that to its full potential it's crazy yeah. um do you know what i listened to a lot recently uh, and again she's quite divisive but billy eilish i know she's I... incredibly popular right but i, I love her actually really like billy eilish <laughs> um, i know a lot of people that hate her but i think she's great um no, she's putting out interesting music that I also like the fact that her brother produces her. Mm. That's just I, I just like that. Like, okay, sure, you know, you've they've got a step up. Her brother's first of all a producer. They come from. She's not like, you know, doing too bad for herself already. And then you know, she steps into this music, gets like this really nicely produced songs out, and you know, everyone loves them. And quite frankly, I love them. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's great. She is. Um, I went through a Radiohead phase as well. Uh, I think everyone, either everyone does go through a radio head phase or everyone has to go through a radio head phase. Yeah, um, well, at you some point. <laughs> if you haven't gone through a radio head phase, now's the time to start. <laughs> yeah, radio head's good. Um, Again, that's another thing that, like, if if I'm in the mood for radio head, oh. Perfect, yeah. Um, so good. Like, I love their songs. I love the sound. Mm. Such a distinctive sound. I think that's something I'm probably more drawn to now is like unique and identifiable sounds. Like mm. you, you hear like two notes, you're like, aha, that's Radiohead. You're saying aha, two notes, right? Two. See oh, the G at the start of uh, the Black Parade? Something crazy happened on Twitter. Something crazy. I'm actually going to go and find it. Andrew Lloyd Webber on Twitter wrote a tweet and said, it's one thing to create an iconic set of chords. It's another to make one note iconic. And then uh, there's a video of him and he plays the opening few uh, chords from the Phantom of the Opera, you know. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, and then he just plays the G. And what's crazy <laughs> is that you instantly know what Phantom of the Opera is when you listen to those chords in sequence. Uh-huh. You know exactly what's about to happen when the G note at the start of that. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You know, you just finish that in your head because that note is iconic and it's crazy. Um, something that, uh, this is completely off topic. Well, not maybe not, but um, something I enjoy doing is if you open Spotify on your PC, you can see what people are listening to. That's crazy. It, yeah, or you can see what they've been listening, the last thing that they've been listening to. Uh, so it says, like, Neve Blaine's been listening to this. 
Um, and my friend Diggory was listening to the Black Parade, so I just sent him a message, and I just said, "When I was, and that's it." <laughs> and he freaked out, <laughs> and then replied, obviously, with the... a young boy. And then we we texted each other the lyrics to the Black Parade. Because of course, of course, you would have been quite a young teenager when that came out. Because I was two thousand seven. Um, um yeah i was i was rather a young child then um because i was i was just leaving school when that came out um so i'd have been uh 12. Mm, that that album the black parade is the soundtrack of my last year in school like 100 percent. all my friends were listening to it i was listening to it um i made I my mom put it on in the car romance. that's because it was cool to hate my chemical romance <laughs> It was cool to hate emos, you know? Uh, and I, I'm i not saying that I was an emo because I don't really think I fit into any of those categories. I tried really hard to be a goth, but I like too much emo stuff to be a goth. And a lot of my goth friends like judged me because I liked emo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of my emo friends just actually were nice people. But uh, yeah... The whole scene thing was crazy. Um, a lot of the a lot of the music that was coming out like then, like Fallout Boy is great. Um, I never went through a Fallout Boy phase. Neither did I, but I recognised them as being good, which is odd. I, I think no it's because I used to have uh, Kerrang on the TV the whole day. <laughs> like if I got in charge of the TV, I'd be like, "Oh, Kerrang!" I'd, I'd flick between Kerrang, a channel called Scuzz. Because uh, those were like the rock and heavy metal channels. Um, and Q occasionally had something good on it. But I liked, you know, I liked a variety of stuff even back then. Um, I just never used to admit it because, oh, well, I'm, I'm into heavy metal. I like, and it's annoying because I didn't know about a lot of good stuff back then. Um, mm -hmm. What I tend to find is that my, my music taste becomes broader and broader the older I get because the internet gets better. <laughs> Yeah, um, you got more access to stuff. Like, uh, I I think that just happens though because, oh, when I was when I was growing up, or, or like in my my teenage years, like you know, I would like go, well, I only like rock. That's it. I just like rock, and I just like the specific subset of rock that happens to be whatever my dad likes. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's what um, you were told was cool. Yeah, uh, and like anything else uh to the point actually when i was i think like 12 or something uh maybe between 10 and 12 um i was like someone was like oh have you heard of guns and roses i was like hey i don't like guns and roses <laughs> first of all that's a lie <laughs> but oh, just because man. i hadn't like heard the name like i knew the songs like from the appetite for destruction album mm. but i like i because I never, I've always been bad for this. Of um, I know what the the songs the songs sound like because they were on, um, but I I didn't know like who who the bands were or what their names were or like the same with the ACDC the mm. for those about to rock album. I knew all the songs from that, and people were like, do you like ACDC? I was like, no, I like Ten Years After, and I like Jethro Tull, and I like Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, your your family were like absolutely obsessed with the uh, Jethro Tull. I see your family as if I'm not in your dad. family. <laughs> <laughs> My mum likes Jethro Tull, uh, and I think Uncle Harold likes Jethro Tull. 
But um, they're a weird band because uh, I really liked Jethro Tull growing up because it was on in my house and my parents mm. liked it. But it was one of those bands where, as I said, I tried to fit in with the goth crowd and I do like a lot of that style of music. But a lot of those people in high school didn't know who Jethro Tull were. Yeah. Because it's weird folksy kind of rock. <laughs> I don't know. It's odd. It's so bizarre. Like flute-fronted rock, like classical rock. And then, like, but it's not. It's like folklore classical rock. This is the it's problem like... with trying to fit everything into a genre. Um, Yeah. Whereas, you know, most people would just say, oh, they were a rock band. Man, rock band's so vague now. Mm-hmm. Another, <laughs> another genre. rock band? Having, having spoken about jazz and heavy metal and emo and all of that, another genre that I really enjoy is shoegaze. Um, okay. Because it's chilled as hell. Like, it's just, if you want to relax or feel sad, shoegaze, shoegaze is there for you. Um, like, Mazzy Star and stuff. And, um, mm. yeah, just good. Recommend. Um, I listened to, and I'm. it's weird that I haven't touched on this because this was another huge phase of my life, uh, is J-Rock and J-Pop. Oh, of course, yeah. Because, um, you know, I think probably about 2008, probably about the time that I met Stuart, because prior to that, I had no knowledge of Japanese artists, really. Like, I'd heard of Gact, and I've heard, I'd heard of uh, Larkon Ciel and Hyde, and TM Revolution, <laughs> But beyond that, like a lot of these things were like, meh, it's an anime opening that I like and that's it, you know? Um, but when I met Stuart, Stuart was so into J-Rock and J-Pop and like finding really obscure albums uh, from really like artists that aren't very well known over here um, that, you know, weren't doing anime openings. And weren't gacked because everybody who likes J Rock knows who gacked is and Malice Misery and all of that. Um, so, like, I ended up listening to so many, like, weird bands that I'd never heard of. Um, like, uh, there's this band called Green with hundreds of E's. Uh, there's a band called Bump of Chicken, Monkey Magic. It turns out a lot of these bands do actually do anime openings. Um, but I don't know anyone that talks about them. I love Monkey Magic. Monkey Magic is this, it's a kind of J-Rock, but it's fronted by this Canadian guy that lives in Japan. And you can tell that he hasn't, you know, his accent is not Japanese. So even when he sings Japanese, you can tell he's not, he doesn't sound Japanese. It's weird. Um, and a lot, again, it's one of those bands where the lyrics are kind of cheesy and dumb, but the music works because the lyrics sound all right together with the uh-huh. music, you know? Um, Bump of Chicken, I love. Um, and the other band that comes to mind, even though they're not Japanese, uh, is Blue Dawn. They're a Korean band, like really emotionally, wonderfully beautiful music, but also really chilled out and slow and quiet. It's not heavy. It's like getting a hug, but you're crying. That's how I would describe Blue Dawn. <laughs> oh. uh, and I think I mentioned this uh, in the anime episode, but Olivia Lufkin, um, she's well known in the anime community for doing the music for Nana. But before she did that, um, 
she had a bunch of really weird stuff. Uh, like there's an album called Internal Bleeding Strawberry. And most of it sounds like very typical Olivia stuff. Like Olivia's music's weird anyway. But you know, a lot of it's really cutesy and sweet sounding. Um and then Internal Bleeding Strawberry ends with a song called Wait for it, Internal Bleeding Strawberry. And um <laughs> it suddenly goes from being coherent music to just being mad. Like it's totally crazy um and out of left field and really heavy and grim sounding um, and then like she did a bunch of other albums one of them was called um comatose bunny butcher um and you know she did the song called cupid she does sugar bud suckers at that point and it's all so out of left field um but i read in an interview that i think her mental state while she was doing those albums was not she wasn't in a great place um and right, then she yeah. stopped she went away and then she got asked to do the music for nana uh, and went back to being well i say she went back to being her cheesy self but i think the music that she did for nana as trap nest which was the band she was trying to emulate she really tried to sound like trap nest so when you go from uh like the cloudy dreamer and um Olivia and Spee Trapness, I think it's called, is the album with all that stuff on it. Um, and then you listen to her follow-up stuff, which is Trinka Trinka. Totally different. Olivia Lufkin just sounds totally different in every single um, album and even just down to the song. Uh, and that's why I love her, because you never really know what she's going to come out with. And most of the time, it's fantastic. But... <laughs> I actually did make you listen to one of her more naff songs, uh, which is called, oh, what is it called? Liquid Skies, it's called. And it's like, uh, it's the one about the mermaid. So okay. weird, yeah. man. <laughs> but it's as definitely I said, a song. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a song. It's a very strange song. But not all of her stuff is like that. So she goes from being like really corny, dumb, stupid. Like, mm -hmm. no offense, Olivia, if you ever listen to this, uh, because I love it almost everything she does um like there's a song she wrote called see me and it's so good it's such a jam um mint is a great song the devil's in me is a great song cupid is a great song there's just so many good songs that it's hard to discount her even though sometimes she does some stuff something and you're like oh i don't know how i feel about that's a bit naff um <laughs> she also has a song called color of your spoon which is a fantastic name for a piece I just of music have, uh colors of the wind in my head but with that lyric <laughs> oh i love disney music we should we should disney music's great yeah we should dedicate some time to that uh we should dedicate a whole episode to that yeah to we need to yeah yeah um i mean obviously in previous things we've touched on hercules the music in hercules is oh, so good i can't decide if it's my favorite though like th uh... there's too much I feel like my favorite Disney soundtrack is there's a few songs that I would just mix from different soundtracks. So like I would definitely have Hellfire in there. Like fire, Hellfire, so good. Also, I just noticed this. I don't know if like I'm just really dumb for only just noticing this, but there's a few movies where that motif, um, 
comes about it comes about in in that no hell fire fire and then there's the uh the the orchestral bit that comes after that mm-hmm. it's also in beauty and the beast Is it? i don't know if i've just made that up <laughs> or if it's if it's true i'm gonna to have to listen to it yeah and, you will like, and report um, back and report back but i'm gonna put that on my to-do list right now but that's um there's that there's a little orchestral motif that is exactly the same and i'm wondering if it's in a bunch of of disney films now especially of that sort of time the the renaissance of disney the renaissance of disney well it is because um disney went through a period of time where they weren't doing so great um and a lot of things that i actually love like the aristocats and um Mm. like fox and the hound all came out around that time when they weren't doing so great the rescuers is another one um and then they made the little mermaid um which switched up how they were doing it because i think it was alan menken um was involved i can't remember the other person's name which is like i know a total travesty but when they came out with the little mermaid it completely changed the way that disney worked because the little mermaid was such a smash hit success that they wanted to do that more um and that's when they came out with you know your your big big hitters like um beauty and the beast which won an oscar the lion mm-hmm. king um even pocahontas and mulan kind of fit in there sort of uh but then they came out with tarzan and destroyed everything oh <laughs> But I don't remember is, Tarzan to be honest, so I, I can't really say anything. I remember Tarzan, but I think it's because I was a little bit older when that came out. Um, I'll actually go and find out what age I was. When did Tarzan come out? Um, nineteen ninety nine. So I was like ten when Tarzan came out, and it, it isn't the best film, but I enjoyed it. Like I went to the cinema and I, I enjoyed watching it. It just wasn't like all the other Disney films because I went I went in there hoping for, you know, the characters to sing me a song and because the thing is, the Disney Renaissance films, um, like, you know, Little Mermaid and Blind King and all of that, they do the same thing that musical theatre does when it's not a sung through musical, where you'll have your lines and you'll have your chat and then the music seamlessly flows into the dialogue mm-hmm. uh, and you don't even realize it's doing that it just it, there's a, a sort of subconscious build-up to it i mean the people making the musical obviously know that that's how it works and that's what they're doing but as a viewer you don't go oh there it's a song now you know there's not that like sharp snap from oh dialogue to song um whereas tarzan just had like phil collins singing in the background and I don't hate Phil Collins. I really don't hate Phil Collins, but you hate Phil Collins. What? Uh, um. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Claire hates. Phil I Collins. can feel it coming in the air tonight. Yeah. Um. That just makes go, me think go, of go, this. Go 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 go. Anyway. Actually, that is see the drum beat in that song. Is. Mm, so good. Uh. Um. Oh, it, so the problem good. is it it's makes so me think of good. um a that deer meme perfectly timed deer walking over a child's slide uh, and uh there's another video somewhere on youtube of vegeta standing on a mountain in the rain and someone put uh i can feel it coming in the air tonight 
over the top of Vegeta <laughs> and he's standing in the rain and the rain's on his face and then I think it's when the drum beat kicks in, Vegeta looks up to the sky and just screams. <laughs> and unfortunately for Phil Collins, that's all I can think of when I hear that <laughs> when I hear that song. Oh. But no, uh, the Tarzan soundtrack isn't actually that bad. The songs on it are good. It's just, you know, you're a little kid. You want to go see a Disney film. I want to sing along. And yeah. then I can buy the sing-along version of the VHS. But it's just Phil Collins. A Phil Collins song plays over a montage. And you're like, but I ain't come here for that. You know? Hey, kids. Do you want to sing along to your Disney songs? Well, tough. Here, have some Phil Collins. Um, But as I said, like... Phil Collins isn't, you know, bad at no. all. But it didn't fit with a Disney film, in my opinion. Um, Do you get that where if you ever hear, like, Phil Collins in general, you think of Tarzan? No. Oh, okay. I think of uh, Auntie Vanessa's car. Because uh... I used to spend a lot of time at Auntie Vanessa's house. That's uh, Elena, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, her, her mum. Um, so if I was getting like a lift somewhere in my Auntie Vanessa's car, she had various artists that she listened to. Uh, Auntie Vanessa actually has absolutely fantastic taste in music. Um, so I listened to a lot of random stuff that I didn't listen to at home in my Auntie Vanessa's car, like uh, Tracy Chapman and, um, as I said, Phil Collins. Um, so whenever I hear a Phil Collins song that isn't uh, in the ear tonight, I just think of Auntie Vanessa. <laughs> Uh, she also played music in the kitchen, uh, which is actually where I got that habit from. Um, okay. I have music in my kitchen when I'm cooking or when I'm washing dishes or cleaning up because it makes you motivate to do stuff. So I probably should have included that in times I listen to music. But um, yeah, Tracy Chapman, just because I mentioned her. Oh my God, what an artist. I love Tracy Chapman. I think it's hard not to love Tracy and, Chapman. And that's it. Like, I, I, that's just fact. And I, I, that's not that's not just me talking about me personally. That's just that, that's, a that's fact. what. Um, she if you is look good. up Tracy Chapman on Wikipedia, that's what it says. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just a single sentence. Um, so you don't no need to check it. I've just checked it. It's 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 yeah. there. Trust me. You love her. Uh, I think the thing with Tracy Chapman is that, and I think it's something that's actually quite sad. Is that um, a lot of her songs are about being black in America and those experiences, um, like uh, Across the Line. And there's another one in my head where there's no music, it's just her singing a cappella. But what makes me sad is those songs came out in the 90s, I think. I will check for the sake of having facts. Um... But my point is, is that she wrote those songs quite a long while ago, you know? She's the same age as my mum. But yeah, so she wrote those songs about those those things which are not great <laughs> um, that were happening in America in the 80s, like late 80s, early late 90s. 80s, early 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the things that she sang about still happen. Uh, obviously, we had mm -hmm. the whole Black Lives Matter movement, but... It's just upsetting to me that you can listen to 
um those songs um and <laughs> those themes and those events are still completely relevant yeah because across the lines the song that i was talking about um was from her first album from 1988 um and that's about black people uh, and the violence and the differences between whites and blacks um mm -hmm. and that was 1988 that was 32 years ago and we're no further forward like holy shit because that's the other thing that music does i think um like if you listen to music in the context of when it was written uh-huh music is such a great time capsule um because you know when wars happen a lot of the time there's uh the music of the hippies and stuff um the, the protest songs and even just like down to genre because like emo was a thing that was happening when i was in school um and I think a lot of that says a lot about where the youth was when that was popular, you know? Um, obviously, I don't think that's entirely the case when it comes to, like, a manufactured pop band, for example, because you're always going to have manufactured pop bands. Because the formula works, Claire. It does. Um, it works. If it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. Oh, there's, there's a question. What sort of, like, cheesy cheese cheese pop, like... Sh like something that would be classed as a guilty pleasure personally i don't have guilty pleasures because i just like things that i like if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah, why yeah. should i feel guilty about the music that i enjoy listening to um so like i i love the backstreet boys um and i yes. know that's a nostalgia thing because elena and i used to listen to the backstreet boys pretty much all the time when we were kids that was that was our boy band um Eurovision's another thing that I just unironically love. <laughs> because th this is the thing that annoys me, though. People go, I hate Eurovision, right? And then when you ask them if they've ever watched it, they go, no, because I hate it. And you're like, how do, you, how do you know that you hate it if you have never seen it or listened to any of the music? Because it's cool to hate Eurovision, Claire. But it isn't. It's, because it, Eurovision well, actually has good songs in it sometimes. I say sometimes. Every year, there's at least five good songs at least um and then all the dumb ones are really fun to watch mm -hmm. like it's very rare the only time that i don't like it is if it's like some really garbage ballad um oh yeah because you get you get like three of those a year <laughs> it's just yeah your vision's great unironically just fantastic and i love it not because it's stupid just because it's great but yeah, what what kind of stuff like that, like that people would say is a guilty pleasure, do uh, you enjoy? I like a lot of garbage songs. I just do. Um, I'm blue, da ba dee da ba die. Uh, yes. <laughs> numa numa ye. Numa numa ye. Numa 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 ye. So good. Oh, oh, Callum, Callum, can I tell them what your first oh. concert was? The first yes, gig that you, you went My to. My first ever gig. Um, the first band I ever went to go see live. And I was really excited. Oh, you were so excited. I saw his little face. Uh, it was busted. It's what I go to school for. Um, 
who's David? Um, uh, I probably got the tune for that all wrong because I don't even know that song. Um, yeah, I busted. It was weird because until that point, my musical taste was dictated by what my friends listened to or what they talked about and whatever dad liked, obviously. And then the only other exception would be In the Shadows by the Rasmus. But and because it was on TV and I thought oh, the guy looked oh, cool. Oh, oh, the only reason I like that song. <laughs> um, but Busted was the first band that I accidentally discovered on my own and then listened to. And I got I got the the albums for Christmas, and then I went uh, I got to miss a few days of school for one of my birthdays to go down and see them live. And Dad had to go with me because I was too young to to not. To be too, <laughs> I was too young to go by myself. Yeah. So my dad, who and... for context is, he hates that stuff. A boy stuff. band is not his 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 he um his hates cup of that tea. stuff. Because I remember we were we were in the car. My mum gave Callum and his dad a lift to this concert, <laughs> in the SECC, uh, and. I remember like being at Grant's because obviously I'm I'm a bit older than you, uh, and him just going busted. What's he listening to that for? It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. If you liked busted, you liked busted. That's it. You know, you like what you um, like. I mean, I still kind of like busted to be honest. Um, I think they were the better of the boy bands at the time. Um, True. I think it was it was between Busted and McFly, and I just did not like McFly. McBusted. I McFly were garbage. That's a thing. Don't talk to me about McBusted. I am <laughs> my nostalgia like senses ache. Um, my first concert was when I was twelve, uh, and I went to see Travis. See, that's not so bad. Nah, it was okay. I had fun. Um, I guess that's fine first. Time. Oh. <laughs> So bands that were out when I was a little girl that I was obsessed with was uh, obviously the Spice Girls because I was like six and seven when the Spice Girls were releasing music and I was a little girl oh. and obviously I loved the Spice Girls. I still love the Spice Girls. Britney Spears because I loved Britney Spears. Obviously I still Britney. love Britney Spears. Hashtag free Britney. Um, <laughs> no, the truth, honestly. Make Britney great again. Uh, yeah, today... This song came on on a shuffle play related to things that I was showing my baby because my baby needs music. And uh, Aqua came on and it was oh Barbie God. Girl. Oh, God. I loved Aqua. That I think that was the first album that I ever owned that was mine. I got it for Christmas uh, and I was obsessed with it. Um, and I still love listening to Aqua. But uh, there's a video somewhere Uh on the theatre episode, we talked about me being like a total performer. The uh -huh. Christmas that that was filmed, um, where my it was the black and white camera, and I talked mm -hmm. about chaos breaking out, my face being in front of it. Uh, that Christmas, I got it was like Alba. Do you know the cassette tape player? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like a portable cassette tape player that had a mm. handle and a microphone attached to it, and it was all one piece. It wasn't like a separate mic or anything. 
um, and it would play the music and you could sing along to it using the microphone. Um, That's brilliant. And there's a video of me singing along to Barbie Girl and my nice uh, stuff from my dressing up box, I think, because I had uh, stuff for a fancy dress uh, and I'm wearing this fancy dress stuff, maybe a wig or something, I don't know. And I'm singing Barbie Girl and on the couch behind me is your dad and your mum. And obviously some of the lyrics in Barbie Girl, you know, there's a little bit of suggestion there. Um, so I was singing Barbie <laughs> and uh, your dad was singing along going, come on Barbie, let's go party. Um, <laughs> your mum and dad are sitting behind me, killing themselves laughing oh, at this song. Uh, and I didn't know why, it all just went straight over my head and it's only as an adult that I'm like, Oh, that's why they thought it was funny. Is there? And I mean, the answer is definitely yes. But uh, and if if so, what uh, music from your youth that you loved in your youth, and the, and you still love it now, obviously, because you everyone loves the music from their youth. But if you discovered it today, would you still like it? Maybe. <laughs> I think it's hard to say. See without actually being able to unhear it and hear it again now. Yeah. Like I think that's a really impossible question. Um, because it's a bit like how I absolutely love Final Fantasy VII, but I can't tell if that's just because nostalgia, or whether I go, oh, that's mm. a great game. You know, it's so intrinsically tied up with um my memories and and parts of my life if that makes sense yeah. it's like how i can't listen to aerosmith without getting really upset because i got into trouble once and listened to aerosmith and now i only remember being upset because i got into trouble Aww. every time i listen to aerosmith that's like um oh no that looks way fancy yeah yeah i've just shared an image of the it's called an album music mate um I'll share it in the Twitter so everyone that can looks see it. Great! Oh, it was fantastic. So good. Whoa! I want that. Um. Yeah, you stuck the tape cassette in the tape cassette part. The music would play out of the speaker, and you could sing along, and it would uh, amplify using the microphone. <laughs> Something that I think needs to come back, um, as you know, and you know they probably are a thing, but I think everyone at some point, um, or at least everyone knew someone at some point who got a karaoke machine for a Christmas or a birthday or mm -hmm. something. Um, and it was like, it, it becomes this like giant, you know, maybe like three foot tall, big speaker and like tape deck and CD player combo thing. Yeah, and you, did you not have to plug it into your out. TV and all that? Yeah, yeah, it had display out and stuff. but uh, And it came with like microphones, um that you could take with like i think that, no they weren't wireless no 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 they're definitely cables um and it would it would put you'd get the dvds with it to put mm -hmm. in the, the dvd player part you, you could, could buy play, more dvds and all that oh you could buy lots more dvds um i think the one you got and each dvd came with like four songs or something <laughs> stupid oh man so that they could get all the money ever out of you um yeah, I I had a friend in high school that had one of those, uh, and also uh, Alison, who I think is related to us. Uh, she's I think our parents' cousin. Um, oh yes, our like, family, 
our family is weird. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not weird. It's just big. Really, really it's big. It's too big. Like, it's not too big. Uh, but yeah, big, our family is huge. Enormous. Um, so if I go, oh, we're related to that person. I don't always exactly know exactly what the correct terminology for that relationship is, but Alison, uh, our parent's cousin, we'll just say it that way, that's easiest. She had a karaoke machine uh, and she would do uh, karaoke nights at her house every so oh, often. Oh, so good. I um, love karaoke. Yeah, me too. And it's it's like one of the true tragedies of this year, of 2020, is that my whole thing for my birthday was going to be I book a hotel in Glasgow, stay overnight, invite everyone to do karaoke at Supercube because Supercube does like amazing cocktails. Uh, you press a button on the wall and they come in to the room and just give take your order, go away, go get it and bring it back. It's like a table service, but you're in like a karaoke room. So it's like a room. You can get different sizes of room depending on the size of the party. And you just do karaoke and get drunk. It's great. Fantastic. Best night it ever. It's the proper way to do karaoke. Um, I think, like, I know a lot of people who, like, will just flat out refuse. I'm like, I don't want to do karaoke ever. It sounds awful. Um, because their image of karaoke is going to a pub, uh, standing up in front of all these working people who are getting drunk in the pub and singing your, your Britney Spears song in front of them. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and I can get that. That probably doesn't sound appealing to a lot of people. But definitely the way to do it is just grab a bunch of mates go to somewhere like supercube private room yeah you don't need to sing in front of people you don't know you don't need to sing in front of people you don't know um good but i think i think like i understand some people just don't want to sing in front of other people and i get that like i get that because um I mentioned this again in the theatre thing. I went through a whole phase of like freaking out because people were drawing attention to the fact that I was singing. Mm. Obviously in a positive way, but it made me really self-conscious. Uh, and singing is like exposing a part of yourself that, I mean, a lot of people don't even know how they sound when they sing. A lot mm -hmm. of people have it in their head that they sound terrible when they don't. Um, some people do sound terrible, but and that's part of the fun. Some people don't know they sound terrible. That's Sometimes when I sing, part. I sound terrible. Um, I mean, loads of times when I sing, I sound terrible, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Totally okay. Totally allowed. Especially karaoke when you're pissed and nobody cares. I know. That's like... the whole point. I think the the thing I love most about karaoke, and I know this is going to turn into the karaoke podcast, but that's not the point. Um, the thing I love most about the karaoke is it's the uh, allow, allowance of failure. Like, you're allowed to be shit mm, at something. For sure. And I think that's something that we should we should be allowing people to do more we should normalize being shit at things cause because nobody's good at everything everyone to, to be good at something or they get reprimanded or you're told you're utter crap man you sit down you're shit um we need more things that and just yeah as you say normalize being crap at things and you know doing things for the fun of it like i suck at surfing surfing's good fun so I occasionally go surfing, um, you know, and maybe, you know, Jeff listening to this is really bad at singing and uh, like objectively bad at singing, but singing's fun. Mm -hmm. It is fun and it, it feels good to that. just like 
belt Ooh, like, out go, just belt good it. tunes and just uh, give it, you know, the, because give it all the, the thing stage is, moves. Oh. Music is such an intrinsic part of hum- humanity, I think. Like, we've mm-hmm. never been without music as a species as far as I know. Like, cavemen were making music on bits of rock, I'm sure. Um, but it's a thing that we need. And if you don't like to sing, cool. But if, you, if you're the sort of person that gets in your car and belts out tunes even though you know you sound garbage, then that's good for you and you should continue to do that. And I actually love hearing people, even when they can't sing in tune uh, and they're objectively bad, I still enjoy listening to people having a good time. Um, Because uh-huh. I don't give a shit if you can't sing in tune. Like, if that's fun for you, then I am overjoyed for you, you know? Um, and that's the joy of karaoke for me. And that's the joy of music. Yeah. Um, so, Callum, which is Forest on that happy, fuzzy note? Oh, I'm giving that out a nine. Of ten. Mm, nine out of ten. Definitely nine out of for ten, me. straight up. It's it's just, it's nice. It, again, it's not overpowering. Um, it's caffeine-free it, it's, as well. Yeah, and it's it's really comforting. Mm. It's I like a warm it. hug. It's just nice. Yeah. It's like a warm hug. Look. Yeah. Witches get a bad rap. Stop giving them a bad rap and drink the tea. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> look, um, which, look, I'm sure there are bad witches out there, but witches can be good. Mm-hmm. It's the same as any society. Like Glenda, mm-hmm. the good. Anyway. <laughs> or Granny Weatherwax. Anyway, yes. Nanny Og. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Kabloof. Kabloof. I can't find the stop button. There we go.